Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. Our current sermon series is called Remember. The title of Dr. Swan's sermon today is We Are Called to Serve One Another. The text comes from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And the theme focuses on the first internal conflict that happened in the church. This ensued because of a dispute that arose between the Hellenistic and the Hebraic Jews regarding the distribution of food to widows. The apostles set aside seven men to oversee the distribution of food. And in this passage, we were reminded that each of us are called to serve others in our fellowship. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 6. We're going to be looking at the first seven verses of Acts chapter 6. If you're looking for it in the Pew Bible there provided for you, it's on pages 774, 775. To remind you of the context of the sermon series, we're, we've called it Remember and Proclaim. And the idea is that we're looking back to the book of Acts and even thinking about moments in our own church's history to remember what some of those essential characteristics must be for us to be a faithful church today and as we move into the future. That a lot of things change, but some things should be timeless for us as a church. And so we've looked at the fact that our hope is founded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that, that all of us are here today because of the work that God did in raising Jesus from the dead. And that we're called to be on a mission together, that we're called to share in a common faith that unites us. And today I want us to talk about the fact that we are called to serve one another. With that in mind, I invite you to listen. Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian, or you might um, in your translation say Hellenistic, Jews among them complained that the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to think about a question this morning as we begin our sermon. What would you identify as the limiting factors for the growth of Mount Brook Baptist Church moving forward? What would you identify as limiting factors? factors. Now, if you're like me, and and that's a term that's in your mind, and you kind of know what it means, but you haven't thought about it in a while, limiting factors are anything that would keep an organization or a group of people or a species 
from thriving and multiplying. So if you think about the biological world out there, let's, let's say that a lake is only so large. Well, that's going to limit how many fish can live there. Or let's say there's some um, prey that is at work in an environment that is particularly dangerous for animals that live there. Then that's going to limit how many of those animals can survive and thrive in that environment. And the church has limiting factors. There are things that would threaten our ability to live into the good future that God would have us to know here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church. And usually as we think about limiting factors, it's the absence of something that would help us thrive and grow as a people. And as I've been in ministry here at Mount Brook Baptist for, it'll be 14 years this summer. I've heard conversations about lots of things that might be obvious to us as limiting factors. One of those could be finances. That if we don't have enough money, then we can't do ministry. We might have to scale back, might have to close the doors, that, that financial resources could be a limiting factor. It could be that there's so many things competing for the attention and the affection and the time of people that we would like to be involved in our church. And so it could be that time becomes a scarce resource and it, and it threatens us that we can't thrive as a congregation because of the limited time that we have. It could be that our building is not up to speed, that we don't have enough space for everybody or the things that we do have aren't what we would like for them to be, and so if they could be a little bit better, then maybe we could reach and engage more people. And I don't want to take away from any of these things that it is important that we have financial resources to carry out the ministry to which God has called us in this place. It is important for us to make a, a commitment of our time to be involved in what God's doing here at Mount Baptist Church and if we don't give time to each other, like we talked about last week with the idea of fellowship, then we're not going to be all that God would have us to be. It is important, and we're going to spend a lot of time and effort talking about our building and our facilities and how we can more adequately reach people in our community by using this resource that God's entrusted to us. But as I think about Mount Root Baptist Church, I don't think any of those things is the main or primary limiting factor for our future. I hear stories all the time of, did you hear about the gift that was given to Sanford just this past week? Sometimes things like that remind me that money will not ever be our problem ultimately. That there are resources out there if God works and compels people's hearts to be a part of his work in the world. And I think ultimately, yes, time is a challenge, but I think ultimately people will give themselves to that which satisfies the desires of their heart the most. And I think our building, where we are, it's going to be a blessing for us to use. But the thing that concerns me the most is the resource of people. The resource of people who have a heart for what God is doing here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church and the heart that they have for other people in the church moves them to make the sacrifices necessary to engage 
and involved in ministry opportunities in the life of our church. That really, we could have all the money in the world and we could have the best building in the world and we could have all the time in the world, but if we don't have men and women who feel called of God and who have a heart to live into this life of service that Jesus has modeled for us in the scriptures, then there's no amount of resources that can help us overcome that lack of people who feel called to what God's doing here. Perhaps you've seen this in your own life in recent days. How many of you have been to a restaurant recently and there were lots of empty tables, but you had to wait a long time for your table? I've been there. Then I show up at a restaurant and we're waiting and they say, well, you gotta wait half an hour, which is always fun with uh, three kids in tow. And you're looking around, you're like, well, there are tables out here. Why don't you just sit us at one of those tables? As everybody that's involved in business knows that it is hard to find people to work at your business these days. And no matter how good the food is, no matter any of those things that you and I think are so important, if you don't have people to carry out the vital parts of what your business is, then eventually you're not going to be able to sustain what God's called you to. In this passage in Acts chapter 6, it's really interesting early on. I told you last week that we're, we're sometimes prone to romanticize the picture of the early church that we find in the book of Acts. There's this temptation that we think, oh, if we could just be like the first church, if we could just be more like those wonderful men and women who were first engaged and involved. And we look at those two passages, one from Acts 2 and one from Acts 4, that describe this church that each of us would love to be a part of. One heart, one mind. Nobody considered any of their possessions were their own. They were all willing to give whatever it took to meet the needs of other people. And then in Acts chapter 5, we read about Ananias and Sapphira. And so that's that idea that they come in, they're like, yeah, we sold some land for this much money. A little bit deceptive, boom, he's gone. His wife walks in, boom, she's gone. And we're alerted to the fact that as long as the church has been the world, in the world, things have been hard. That that sin in our hearts that, that goes against what God would have us do and be in the world is always present. And here in Acts chapter 6, we see another example or episode where there's conflict in the life of the church. And this time the conflict arises from some widows in the congregation being neglected in the daily service of food. So Luke points out that there are two different types of people in the church. There are Hellenistic Jews, Grecian Jews, and there are Hebraic Jews. So they were probably divided by language some of them spoke Greek, some of them probably spoke Aramaic. And they were tempted or they were prone to divide up in these different groups in the church. And so those who belonged to the Hellenistic group complained that their widows were being overlooked. They weren't being treated fairly. Now, I try to put myself in their position that if you walked into my office one day and you said, hey, this group's being overlooked, they don't have what they need what do you think my initial response or reaction would be? I'd want to fix it. 
I want to give myself or my time or my effort or maybe a staff member. If more of them were in here and up front, they might be saying, yeah, we know what you would do. Hey, Amy, could you help me work on this? Joel, what do you got going on? Can you attack this issue that we've got in the church? There is this temptation of those of us who are in representative ministry to try to fix all the ills that we see out before us. But this passage in Acts chapter 6 is instructive to us. That those who had been called to representative leadership in the early church, they take a step that is so important and helpful for us to consider. They know that their plates are full. They know that God's called them to this specific ministry of, of studying and preaching and teaching the word of God. And that if they add that one more thing to their plate, then that primary calling that they've been given will suffer. And so they come up with a plan. And they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to get some people to, to tackle this problem. We're going to raise up some leaders from within our church who, who are trustworthy, who are godly people. And we're going to give them this ministry opportunity to fulfill this task to address this need that has arisen in our congregation. And everybody says, what a wonderful idea. That sounds like a really great idea. And so those seven people that, you, that I read, probably butchering their names, half of them, they say, these are the people that we feel like God has called and raised up to be at work in our congregation. And they set them aside to go out and to use the gifts and abilities that God has given them to meet the needs of the congregation. There's a passage from a commentary that I've read in preparation for this sermon that sums up what this passage is about. Daryl Bach writes this. He says, in sum, this unit shows the community using its own people to solve its own problems. The community hears the complaint, owns up to the problem, allows those closest to it to solve it, delegates the authority to get it done, and then goes to work. They acknowledge that there's a problem. They identify the people in the congregation who can take care of or address that problem, and then they go to work. At Mount River Baptist Church, as we move into the future that God would have for us to know. And you're going to hear more and more about it in coming days, and a lot of it relates to these young folks that we've seen God bring before us this morning. The thing that I think you and I need to be prayerful about and be ready to engage in is asking the Lord to show us how it is that he might be calling us to use our time, our talents, and our treasures to serve other people in the life of Mountain Brook Baptist Church. We have a, a committee called Reaching People Committee. When you go to Hudson Hall today, you can sign up to be on the welcome team that Larry talked about. But the temptation I think that you and I have to guard against is inviting people and inviting people 
without also giving our time and our effort to building something worth inviting people to attend. And that having something that's worth inviting people to attend and be a part of, in my estimation, is primarily the good people that God has brought into the life of our church. You see, I'm kind of, uh, I have a privileged position as pastor, and it's not because I stand up before you and talk or lead sermons or any of that, but it's that I get to know more people in the congregation than the average church member. And as I think about the breadth and the depth of people that God has brought into our congregation, I want more of you to know other people in the life of our church because of the ways that I see God's grace at work in and through you. And God has called you and he's equipped you and he's given you something to share with other people. I think about my children and their spiritual development often, as you might imagine. And the thing that I think that they need more than anything is not to hear more sermons from their dad I'm glad Webb didn't say amen there. Thank you, Webb. As important as I think sermons are, I think sermons are important. As I think about their spiritual development, the thing that I think about most is for them to be deeply engaged in the lives of other people in our church who are going to show them what it looks like to be followers of Jesus Christ. And there are so many things that stand in our way of getting involved. We're busy. It might be that we don't feel like we have anything to offer other people in the life of our church. We may feel like that the obstacles that we would face would be too great. That if you were to get yourself involved in volunteering with the youth groups, they might ask you about the dinosaurs and where are they in the Bible or the eternal existence of God, and you would think, ah, I don't know what to do with that. But in my experience, it's been when I've been faithful to step out and to meet the needs that God puts before me, that not only does God use me as an instrument of his blessing in the lives of others, but I also experience a depth of relationship with the Lord that doesn't come from just sitting on the sidelines. But as I get involved and as I use what God's entrusted to me, that's when my Christian faith becomes more and more meaningful and joyful. And so I hope that you will be prayerful about how God is calling you to be involved more deeply in the life of Mountain Brook Baptist Church. Now some of you out there, you're thinking, well, he must not know everything that I do. I absolutely do. Probably not everything, but a lot of it. But as is sometimes the case in most organizations, you have 20% who do 80% of the work and 80% who don't do much at all. And I'm so excited at thinking about what our church might look like if God gives more of us a burden to use all that he's entrusted to us to be a part of his mission, serving not just outside the walls of our church, but first and foremost, inside the walls of our church. 
so that people like Rob would become a mature follower of Jesus. People like Thomas one day would grow up and because you taught him in Sunday school or because you were involved in vacation Bible school or because you chaperoned a mission trip or because some young family that we don't know yet, you met them in the parking lot and you said, oh, I'm so glad that God's brought you to Mount Brook Baptist Church. Let me connect you with someone else. That we would stand back and just be amazed at all that God would do in and through us if we would simply yield ourselves to his purposes and believe that he's called us to love each other even as Jesus loved us. Not only in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for all that you've blessed us with here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church. We thank you for the resources you've entrusted to us. We thank you for this facility that you've entrusted to us. We thank you for your word and your spirit. We thank you for Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for so many people in the life of our church who, who labor so faithfully to be involved in serving other people. And I pray that you would give more and more of us a heart to see other people in our congregation and to use all that you've entrusted to us to be faithful stewards to serve other people even as you have served us and that we would experience a joy and a depth of fellowship that can't be known apart from that kind of life. I pray for our ministry fair today that as people go and they see opportunities that you might put before them to be a greeter or to serve in some area in our church, to be open about what it might look like to be a Sunday school teacher or to volunteer with our youth or our children, or that you would provoke us to be a part of your work here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church so that your kingdom might come more fully in this place. We offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.